Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. So, I just uh, wanted to read, before we get started, I wanted to read a story here from Mother's Day. Mom and Dad were watching TV when Mom said, I'm tired and it's getting late. I think I'll go to bed. So she went to the kitchen to make sandwiches for the next day's lunches, rinsed out the dessert bowls, took meat out of the freezer for supper the following evening, checked the cereal box levels, filled the sugar container, put spoons and bowls on the table, and started the coffee pot for brewing the next morning. She then put some wet clothes in the dryer, put a load of clothes into the wash, ironed a shirt, and sewed on a loose button. She picked up the game pieces left on the table and put the phone book back in the drawer. She watered the plants, emptied a wastebasket, and hung up a towel to dry. She yawned and stretched and headed for the bedroom. She stopped by the desk, wrote a note to the teacher, counted out some cash for the school outing, and pulled a textbook out from under a chair. She signed a birthday card to a friend, addressed and stamped the envelope, and wrote a quick list for the grocery store. She put both near her purse. Mom then creamed her face, put on moisturizer, brushed and flossed her teeth, and trimmed her nails. Hubby called. I thought you were going to bed. I'm on my way, she said. She put some water into the dog's bowl, put the cat outside, made sure the doors were locked. She looked in on each of the children and turned out a bedside lamp, hung up a shirt, threw some dirty socks in the laundry basket, and had a brief conversation with one child still up doing homework. In her own room, she set the alarm, laid out clothing for the next day, straightened up the shoe rack. She added three things to her list of things to do for the next day. About that time, the hubby turned off the TV and announced to no one in particular, I'm going to bed, and he did. (laughs) Okay, I thought it was hysterically funny. (laughs) And so true. I mean, you could probably relate to any of those uh, things on there. So anyway, I'm just glad to to be here. And uh, I have three wonderful children and uh, 13 grandchildren and six great-grandchildren. And so I'm really, really blessed. And, uh, And then all of you. And I may not know everybody's name, but that's all right. I don't really remember all of my grandchildren's <laughs> names and, or my great-grandchildren exactly and things like that. I'm trying, trying. And uh, when they, one of my sons or my daughter will say, oh, you missed so-and-so's birthday. And I go, oh, don't tell them. I'll just send them a card. Once they get some money, they'll be happy. <laughs> that the way it is? Okay, I think I need a Kleenex right there. I'm sorry. I was so overcome there with seeing Don. Thank you. I brought this Bible this morning. This Bible. 
Uh, it's pretty old. It's coming apart. And uh, I want you to know, before I say anything specific about the Bible, I want you to know that this Bible, no matter how old it is, is the living Word of God. It's alive. This Bible right here is alive. It's the living Word of God, and it's full of power. It's active, operating, energizing, and it's effective. Now, I don't know what you know you use to direct your life, but I just want to encourage you to get a Bible. I think they have them here free. If not, they'll get you one. But you need to have a Bible. This Bible, as we opened the Bible up and looked at it here on the first page, this Bible was given to me when I dedicated myself to being a missionary. This Bible was given to me by the Women's Missionary Union, Tipton, Missouri, January 18, 1956. It was about seven, 67 years ago. And I don't know, I, I was in a service and I'd been baptized a year or two before. I'd gone to camp. I'd gotten saved many times in my denomination. And, um, but that Sunday, something just like compelled me to go forward and tell somebody I was called to be a missionary. Just tell anybody. Now, when I was about nine years old, well, I don't know if my math adds up there, I just needed to tell somebody that God had a call in my life. I didn't even know what that meant. All I knew was that I needed to tell somebody that I wanted to serve the Lord all the rest of my life. And so, out of the kindness of their heart, these uh, women gathered around me, and they gave me this Bible. This Bible. Now, you know, I'm 76, so you can do the math. But 1967. In those days, we didn't believe in writing in the Bible. You know, you just didn't ever do that. I hope you do write in your Bible now. But it's very, very special to me. I... I grew up such a strange kind of a life. We were out in the state of Washington. My biological dad came back from World War II, and we were at Fort Lewis in Washington. And then uh, one day, he didn't come home. We didn't know what happened to him. He just didn't show back up. He never came back. I never saw him the rest of my life. So um, I didn't have a dad. But every time, it was Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, my mom took my sister and I to church. That's all I remember is being in church. That's all, really, my best memories of my childhood. And as I heard the stories and listened to all the Bible stories, I found out that I did have a father. I found out that this Bible contains my family tree. I mean, these are not just strangers that are in the dust somewhere. This is our family. 
I mean, we need to look at this Bible as this is our family tree. And I found out not only God is my father, but I also found out I had another father, Abraham. He's called the father of faith in Romans chapter 4. Verse 16, it says, he's the father of us all, those who believe by faith. Abraham called those things that be not as though they were. I learned how to talk. I learned how to be like Father Abraham. And as I read these stories, these people came alive in my life, and I didn't feel alone anymore. And I didn't feel like I didn't have a family because I had a family. Right here was my family. So, you know, I just wanted to say that because I don't know your family. I don't know what your family looks like. I know what mine looked like back in the early 40s and how my mom raised two of us as a single mom. I mean, it was really hard back then. It really was. And it's really hard today. But your kids have a father. You teach them the word of God. If you teach them the word of God, they'll find story after story about after story. And their family history is amazing, filled with superheroes. I mean, they learn those things in children's church. And so I just, I, I just thought about, Lord, thank you for my mom. Thank you for my mom. I mean, we didn't have two nickels to rub together or anything else, but the one thing she did was she took us to church. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and sometimes on Thursday night to business meeting. I didn't care. I was safe there. I loved it there. But I knew that I wanted to serve God. I didn't know really what that meant. I had a couple experiences with the Lord, but I didn't know how all that was going to work. And I didn't know how God was going to do it. How, God, are you going to take a nine-year-old girl who just loves you, loves you, loves you, and make a way that I can serve you? Well, as time went on, as life went on, I didn't always, well, I will say this, I did serve the Lord, I did, I went to church, Sunday school, training union, all of these things, memorized scripture, did all those things. Actually, for the senior prom, we had a dinner at the church and went bowling. I mean, that sounds pretty religious, doesn't it? <laughs> that was what we did. But then, as life went on, life happened. And I faced some big trials, as we all do. And so I thought, I want to serve God, but I don't know how I can serve God because I haven't been perfect. I haven't been perfect. How could God use anybody like me? And then I felt so guilty because I had promised him I was going to serve him. I couldn't work it out. And so now how is this all going to happen? Have you ever felt like that? I had a call, but I didn't know what to do with it. You know, I want to say this. I want to say this to the young people. You know what? If you feel that you have a call, tell somebody. Tell somebody. Yes, you tell God, of course. But tell somebody because they'll pray for you. They'll stand with you. And it's just that public declaration that kind of does something in your heart. I mean, I would just love to see every young person in this church just say, you know, I'm called. 
I have a call in my life. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know how it's going to happen. But I want you to know I am going to serve God all my life. I mean, I, I just think, Lord, what can you do? How can you use me? Just a kid. Let's open our Bibles to Judges. So, you know, the call of God on your life is sort of like progressive. As you go through life, you know, things happen. But God uses those things to shape you. He does. And he uses your experiences to help others. In Judges chapter 5, we're going to look at a woman today who was a mother and she served God. And she served God. And I want to say this about that. We need, and don't take this wrong, we don't need women to be weak. We need women to be strong. The world needs women to be strong. And your family needs you to be strong. You know, I... I want to encourage you. It, it may seem like, I don't know how I can do that. You don't know my circumstances. Well, I don't, but God does. Yeah. And he's put a call on your life to serve him. Yeah. He's put a call on your life so that he can work through you to bless others. Yeah. And he's put a call on your life to be a blessing in your home. Yeah. That's a call. And so we have Judges chapter 5. Verse 7, I'm going to give you just a little bit of history. You probably know this, but they had been again in captivity. It seems like every time they came out of captivity, God delivered them. He sent a deliverer, but they got back into sin and worshiping false gods, and then they got all in bondage again. So God, they'd cry out to God, and then God would send another deliverer. And then they'd get delivered, and everything would be okay for a while, but then they'd go back to their old ways and then God would send another deliverer. And that's kind of where we pick up this story. They'd been worshiping idols. Uh, they'd gotten in sin again. And so God raised up another deliverer. In this case, it happened to be a woman named Deborah. She was a judge. And it says in chapter 5, verse 7, The villages were unoccupied, and rulers ceased in Israel until you arose. You, Deborah, arose, a mother in Israel. A mother in Israel. She arose. And we're just talking about strong women and the need for strong women. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, wrestling. <laughs> I don't know what they call that. I'm not talking about that kind of strength. I'm talking about a different kind of strength. And every woman in here, you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And you know, because we are spirit, soul, and body, there's three parts of us, spirit, 
that part of us that has the capability to hear from God, our mind and this body that we walk around in and we get around in. But our spirit man was made with the capability to hear from God. Honestly, I think of all sermons I've ever heard, all scriptures I've ever learned, all CDs, tapes, they don't have that anymore. What do they have now? Whatever, on your radios, anything you've ever heard, I could just boil it down to one thing. If you keep communication with God, you keep communication with God, you'll make it in life. If you just keep that communication with God, you'll make it in life. But here, a mother in Israel arose, you, Deborah, arose. And it says that the villages were unoccupied, rulers ceased until you arose. And it says that there was just nothing going on here. The villages were unoccupied. That means that they had no commerce, they had no village life, they had no community life. No, everybody was afraid to go out. Everybody was hiding. It was just unoccupied. There was nothing going on. The people were uh, discouraged. There was violence in the street. I mean, there was uh, suffering. They did, it doesn't say anything about children playing outside. And so they cried to the Lord as they had done in the past. And God called a woman with extraordinary gifts. And it says, until you, Deborah, arose a mother in Israel. Now, they said, Lord, we need help. Well, here comes a woman. Now, this is Mother's Day, so it's okay. (laughs) All right? It's Mother's Day. It doesn't really matter how old you are, what your age is, or anything like that. You know, God wants to use women. And he wants you to be strong. The world does not need weak, silly women. The world needs strong women filled with the Spirit of God who know the Word of God. And we need to uh, say, you know what? I am going to get in the Word of God and I am going to walk in what God has for me. And so here's Deborah. She arose. I mean, it's like that that uh, Deborah arose and she kind of had this kind of an attitude. I see all that happening. I know the voice of God and this is not going to happen anymore on my watch. Now, we need to have that kind of an attitude. I mean, the world is after your kids. Are we just going to let the world run over our families? No, we have to stand up. It's just not going to happen because we want it to. We have to stand up just like Deborah. I, I don't imagine uh, that she thought, well, you know, I'm, I don't know what to do, but I cannot allow this to go on anymore. I cannot allow my children. I cannot allow my village. I cannot allow the word of God to be blasphemed anymore. And it said that she arose. She arose. She had an anointing on her, and we have an anointing on us. Deborah was called. God calls us. We have a call. I don't know what your call looks like. I didn't know how mine was ever going to happen. But I know that when we walk in the anointing, the same Holy Spirit that was on Deborah is on us, that we can walk in that wisdom, and we can affect change. Women, we can be change makers. So let's turn over now, just turn over there uh, uh, one chapter, back over to chapter four, and let's look at her alive for just a minute. Judges chapter four. 
Verse 4. Well, let's look in verse 1. But after Ehud died, the Israelites again did evil in the sight of the Lord. See, they're back in that same pattern. So the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor, the commander of the army with Sisera, who dealt in Habash, Hagalam, something, fortress of a city of nations. Verse 3. Then the Israelites cried to the Lord, for Jabin had 900 chariots of iron and severely oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. Can you imagine? 900 chariots of iron. Let's look at verse 4. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, judged Israel at the time. She was a judge. And it says in verse 5, she sat under a palm tree, under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites came up to her for judgment. Now, here she arose to confront the powers of darkness. Did you see that? Evil was running rampant. 900 chariots were coming. She arose to confront the powers of darkness. And God used her, her gifts of the spirit. I mean, it says that she judged the people. That meant she decided between this one should get this, this one should get this, this is what you need to do. She had wisdom from God because in the anointing that God has on your life, ladies, there is wisdom. There is wisdom from God. Sometimes we think, well, no, Lord, let somebody else do that. Ladies, we need you. Women, we need you. We need that part of the anointing that you have on your life for the whole body of Christ. I mean, none of us can afford in this hour just to lay down and let things bypass us. If you feel called by God, just say, God, I want to serve you. I feel called of you. I don't know how you're going to work it out. I didn't know either. I had no clue. And it looked like we were going nowhere fast. It looked like I was running the opposite way at times, but God never let go of me because he has given us a spirit that is capable, capable. We are capable women. We can hear from God. We are capable, men and women, to hear from God. And so she arose to confront the powers of darkness with the power of God to use her gifts of the Spirit, to use her voice, to stand and in standing in faith to see the generation's purpose fulfilled. Now, Am I saying we need to be strong women so we can get our way in the home or strong women so we can just voice our opinions? I'm not saying that. She stood in the gap because she wanted to see the next generation come out of that bondage. Yes. Yes. Amen. So we need to stand in the gap for the next generation to come out of that bondage yes. because darkness will take over. If we do nothing, darkness will take over. Their destinies needed to be established. And she stood and she endured and she fixed herself and she stirred herself up. She stirred herself up. She didn't just wait. She stirred herself up by praying, by praying. And look at this. It says here, she judged Israel. Look at verse five. She sat under a palm tree. uh, Listen, this was not a tropical island vacation. 
I've been to a beach. I've seen palm trees. I've seen people just lollygagging on the beach. You probably don't even know what that word means. I've seen people just whatever they do, chilling on the beach. But I'm not talking about this kind of palm tree. This palm tree, she sat underneath this palm tree and the people came to her. Now, this is important. This is really important. She was not running all over that hillside telling everybody what to do. Amen. Karen, that's great. And, and listen, don't think I couldn't because I could. I would say, oh, you do this, you do that, you do this, you do that. No, she sat She waited till they came to her. She didn't go nosing about in everybody's business, but that didn't mean she didn't know what was going on because she had the Spirit of God that had anointed her, and she knew by the Spirit what to say to these people. And you know what? She did not apologize for for speaking for God. She had established a lifestyle of worship and prayer, and she got right to work. Her office, her office was under the tree. That's where her office was. And I'm going to tell you this. This is not the lifestyles of the rich and famous. Is that a little old? This is not the real hillbillies. No, no, no. Wait, wait. No. This is not the real housewives of Beverly Hills, ladies. This is real life, sitting under that palm tree, giving advice, sitting there, learning to listen to God. She was brave. She was determined, and she determined that her people were not going to serve the devil. It says she arose a mother You know, it was a time of adversity. It was a time of lack. It was a time of discouragement, a time of suffering. But she had the heart of a mother, the heart of a mother. And she had the ability to persevere under all odds, to see what God had in mind for these people. You know, moms can see in the realm of the spirit. Now, my kids hated that when they were growing up. They'd come home and their dad would say, where have you been? And I'd say, I know where they've been. Because I'd be praying. And you know what? Here she was praying for the next generation, for them to be established in their call. This is a little bit of insight into our life. Jeff, who pastors a wonderful church down in Leon, he wanted to be a rock star. Praise and worship team. Oh, that was, no, that's not what he wanted. He wanted to be a rock star. I'm going to tell on him since he's far away. (laughs) He wanted to be a rock star, so he and his friends started a band called Love Coma. (laughs) He's going to kill me. That's okay, I'm getting back for all those late nights. I stayed up praying for him. Traveling in some decrepit van in Illinois, thinking he was in Hollywood or something. <laughs> and so he wanted to have a rock star. Don Ray, 
Oh, I haven't finished. <laughs> Don Ray, he wanted to be a sportscaster. Right? You ever wonder why he talks so fast? Oh, it's Jesus. He's up at the mound. He strikes the bat around. <laughs> Strike one. Oh, my gosh. He's bunted. He's running to first. Oh, throw it over there. He made it. He's out of there. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> and Amy... Amy and her husband, pastor in Austin, and Amy, uh, she just wanted to serve God. She'd write on her journals, I just want to serve you, Lord. I love you so much. And uh, she'd say, is this it? Is this it, Lord? 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 <laughs> then she goes off to college. She graduates from college. She brought home Ross. And we're like, is this it, Lord? <laughs> is this it? And then she had five kids. And she's like, is this it? <laughs> so... You know, a mom, she just begins to pray. She just begins to pray because she knows that God wants to use her children to make a difference in the world, whatever they're doing. But she prays, just as Deborah. She saw society. She saw all these things going on around her, but she just prayed. She had a relationship with God. I want to look at another scripture before the band gets here, quick. <laughs> Jeremiah 31. I love the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is right in the middle of your Bible, kind of if it's like this. You know Jeremiah has more words in it than any other book in the Bible. Like I said about myself, I knew I was called. I had told the Women's Missionary Union, they gave me a Bible, and so many times over my years, I would go and get that Bible. Sometimes I would sleep with it. Sometimes I'd just sit on the couch with it. Sometimes I just cried. Sometimes I'd walk the floor with it. But I knew I was called to serve God. Jeremiah chapter 31, let's read verses one through five in the Amplified Bible. It'll be on your screen. At that time, says the Lord, will I be the God of all families. Don't you love that? I will be the God of all families. I will be the God of all families. This is how I would pray that. I found the scripture in the word. I'd go in my prayer closet and I'd say, but God, you said all families. That means my family. That means my kids. That means my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. God, you are the God of all families, not just some, but all families, everybody, Lord. Verse 2, thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found favor in the wilderness. <gasps> the people 
who what? Survived the what? The sword. What did they do? They found favor in the wilderness. You mean you can find favor when you're walking through a wilderness? Yes, you can. I, I would get this scripture, Lord, Lord, the sword, pestilence, all these things are happening. But Father, your word says that we have favor in the wilderness. This wilderness is not going to consume us. This wilderness that my kids are, on, are in, it's not going to consume them. Lord, your word says that your favor is with them. Your favor is with us. Verse three, the Lord appeared from old to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Oh my gosh. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you and continued my faithfulness to you. Look at verse four. Again, what's that word? Again. I love that word. Do you love that word? Again. Again, I will build you, and you will be built. How wonderful. Oh, virgin Israel, look at this. You will again. Be adorned with your timbrels, drums, and go forth in the dancing of those who make merry. Look at verse 5. Again. You shall plant vineyards upon the mountains of Samaria, and the planters shall plant and make the fruit common and enjoy it. Again, God is the God of again, and again, and again. Do you see that right there? Three times. Again, and again, and again, and again. He's just the God of again. He's the God of again. And while you're here, I'm telling you, Jeremiah is just, he's got it going on. I guess they don't say that anymore. Jeremiah chapter 31. This is one of the best, one, one of a gazillion best scriptures in the word to pray for your children. Look at verse 16. Thus says the Lord, restrain your voice from weeping. I would go in my closet and I'd weep and I'd think, God, I messed up. I know my kids are not following you right now, but I would just be crying and your eyes from tears for your work shall be rewarded. If you're a mom here and your child is not following God, don't you worry. Don't you worry. Pray, but don't you worry because God's got a promise. It says your work shall be rewarded. I mean, that's shouting. Your work shall be rewarded. And and it even gets better. Listen to this. And your children shall return from the enemy's land. Hallelujah. Woo. From the enemy's land, from whatever has gotten them captive, they shall come out of that. There is hope, it says in verse 17, for your future, says the Lord, your children shall come back to their own country. Now, for us to be strong women in the Lord, we take our Bible, we go in our prayer closet or on your couch and you get this word out. Wherever your kids are, you pray this scripture over them. Every word by word, Lord, who said it? Who promised it? 
Lord, you said they would come again. Come again, there's our word, again, from the land of captivity to their own borders. The enemy is not gonna keep the next generation bound up. He is not, he is not. They're coming out of that. So you take courage today. You take hope for this generation. They're coming out of that. They are coming out. We can stand right here because I don't even know what time I'm supposed to stop. I know when the music starts, it means something. At the first of the year, this is kind of what I do. I pray before the kids all come over for Christmas and I get a word for them. You know, I, I don't buy presents. I just say, here, the Lord has a word for you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm not that cheap. Uh, but I do. I get a word for my kids. This year I had a word. This one was a lot shorter than the words that I normally get. This word was three words. Three words. Respect, accept, and protect. Respect, accept, and protect. Accept, protect, accept, respect, and protect. Respect, what did that mean? I told them, I want all of you. You respect the call of God on your life. You respect the call of God on your life. Show the call of God on your life, respect. Show the call of God on your life, respect. And you know something? God's grace is not gonna cover you when you try to be someone else. That's pretty hard, isn't it? I know. But it's true. You be you. Respect the call. Respect how God has made you. And then accept that responsibility for what God has given you. What do I mean by that? Stay in the word. Pray. Accept. And then protect. What do I mean by that? Pray. Pray. Pray those powerful prayers because God is looking for strong women. You just show up, he'll do the rest. He'll open that door for you. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.